listening to the Rude Horror Podcast with your host, Marcus Rude. Welcome to the Rude Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Rude. And today's episode is a pretty kick-ass episode, if you ask me. I, got, I had a chance to talk to director Jim Wynarski. And if you're not familiar with him, he's directed movies such as Chopping Mall, The Return of Swamp Thing, Deathstalker 2, 976 Evil 2, um... Ghoulies 4, tons and tons of films. But today, I am specifically talking about his film, Not of This Earth. And uh, we had a conversation about Not of This Earth. And um, maybe trail off to a few other things. But uh, for the most part, this episode is mostly about Not of This Earth. Um, I... Initially, was going to do this as a solo type episode and just talk about the film, um, but uh, things worked out to where uh, Mr. Wynorski, uh agreed to come on the show. So uh, it was a, a pleasant surprise to uh, get this opportunity, and uh, just want to say thank you so much, Jim, for coming on the show. It it really means a lot to me. So without further ado, here is the conversation of not of this earth hello i'm here with director jim wynorski he's made over 150 feature films and today we are specifically talking about his film 1988's not of this earth how are you doing today sir i'm fine marcus and uh you gotta remember that's like 30 32 years ago so my memory of it is still pretty clear. Um, what would you like to know first? Well, um, a few weeks ago, you told me that you had a good story about Not of This Earth. Do you care to share that story? or? Sure, sure. Okay. Let me just tell you how it all started. Okay. I had just finished directing Big Bad Mama 2 with Angie Dickinson. And it was a big budget. It was like, a, I don't know, a million seven. And it was, a, it was a big deal. It was a big production with a lot of actors, stunts, and everything else. And Roger Corman was leaving town. And I, and he, I said, well, well, Roger, what, 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 what are we going to do next? He said, I don't know, do something. Okay? And there was a... We had an evening at the, at the studio 
where they were just showing some of Rogers' old movies, and one of them was Down of the Surf. And I said, I want to remake Not of the Surf. Can we get that caddy? And um, someone said, sure, we can get a caddy. And uh, there were house sets up at the, at the stage already. So I said, let's just go get some actors and make Not of the Surf. And and I said, who's going to play um, the alien? And I said, well, I just worked with a guy named Arthur Roberts in a small role on Big Bad Mama 2. He'd be perfect. He has kind of a Paul Birch look. And, you know, he, and, he, and he's kind of fun to work with. So uh, with that, became, he became the alien lead. And then... Um, just a couple of days prior to this whole thing happening, uh, Tracy Lord hit the news because she was kind of underage when she did all her porn movies and they were pulling them off the shelf. Mm-hmm. And she had a big name. She was in the papers. And I said, I got to find this girl. And because maybe she could play the other part. Mm-hmm. And because she's 18 now, and uh, she should be uh, ready to go. But finding her was a, a, a task because there was no way, no agency listed for her. And uh, my friends in the porn business said that she had cost a lot of people a lot of money because they had to throw all these tapes away and they were useless and they felt that there was a porno mafia and it was probably going to go after her hmm. i said i never i never heard of a porno mafia <laughs> but, and and so anyway i i started to play a detective and i tracked her down and it's true she was in hiding she did not want to meet you know meet with the press and she did not want to meet with anybody practically. Mm-hmm. And I didn't blame her because she was like the focal point of a big news story. Um, and so I, I wrote her a letter and I said, hi, I, I'm Jim Wynorski. I directed this, Chopping Mall, other, a couple of other movies. And would you be interested in discussing the lead role with me. And she called me up. She had her, she had a boyfriend at the time who called me up and said he was her agent, but he really wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he was her real boyfriend anyway. I just think so. it was someone she knew. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, when it all boiled down to it, I met her on Sunset Boulevard at a restaurant. Um, uh, the day after we spoke on the phone, and I brought her a copy of the script, and um, she came, you know, with a hoodie on and some dark glasses. You'd never know it was Tracy Lord. It was she was just in disguise, and I said, "I, uh, I Tracy, I totally understand why you're 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 trying to duck everybody." You know, I would too if I was the focal point of a story. 
so anyway, we sat there, we had some coffee, and I think I had a donut, and I gave her the script, I told her what it was about, I told her it was science fiction, I told her there was some nudity, but, you know, no, nothing even approaching hardcore. And right. she took it home, and she got back to me the next day, she said, I'm not so sure I could do this, but if you want me, I'm, I'm available. So I made a, a, a nice deal with her, and because um, I felt that her name would ignite the box office of this film, because she was the, she was really the, the lead name, and she was a name because of her past and her current, you know, you know present, which was at the time, you know, uh, mm -hmm. sought after by the news media. So, there we go. Um, uh, <clears throat> we did a rehearsal day, and then we started shooting, uh, it was a 12-day shoot, we started shooting, I think it was Monday, and, and she was very nervous, and, you know, I think three-quarters of the way on the uh, so the first day, she started crying and ran to her dressing room. I said, what's the matter? You're doing great. She said, no, I'm not. This is like, this is what I really want. And I'm, I'm just giving a, a kind of a passing, you know, I'm trying, but I'm not, I know I'm not doing my best. I said, but look, the only way to do better is to keep doing it. So I got her back on set. And we shot for 12 days. And it was very intense, and we got it all done. Um, <clears throat> the cast had a good rapport with her, and I had a good rapport with her. And I kept, you know, patting her on the back when she did, did well. And it came down to the, I think, the 11th day. We finished. But we still had money and budget for a 12th day. So I said, Tracy, come back to, when you come back tomorrow, we're going to redo everything you did on the first day. Mm -hmm. And she was so pleased about that because after, you know, 11 days of shooting, she got in the groove and I, I went back to the first day. I said, okay, we're going to just pick this up. We, don't, we only have to get your sides of it, you know. If you were talking to somebody, I'm not going to shoot that again, but anything you did on the first day, um, I'm going to redo. And if there's anything else you did over the course of the 11 days that you'd like to try again, let's do it. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing, man. Oh, oh! I, I kind of lost and, you for a second there. Sorry, sir. What? I I sort of lost you for a second. It kind of went. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Okay. Yeah, I uh, sort of lost connection for just a second. So I, I maybe I missed just okay. a little bit of what you said uh, uh, about thirty seconds ago. Well, as I said, we reshot everything that she that you.
twelfth day, she was able to do what she did on the first day a hundred times better. And you know, after twelve, after the twelve days, we went out and did all the other uh, non-actor things that are in the movie, like you know, motorcycles, and we did the big, you know, chase at the end, um, the car chase with the motorcycles, and. Uh, so that kind of added another, you know, I think three days to the to the production. So it was basically a fifteen day shoot. But during the course of that shoot, I invited Entertainment Tonight and all kinds of the any you know the, you know the, the local not the local but the the, the worldwide uh, media to come down to the set, which they did. Uh, to see her acting for real. And it was a huge publicity boom. Okay? Mm. And Roger, who was out of town, I think he was in Europe, called me and said, we're seeing stories about this this girl that you hired uh, on, on the set of Not a, Not a This Earth. And I said, yes, she's got an incredible reputation. Uh, in the porn business, and and I explained what happened, and uh, he said, "Well, you did a good job finding her." And I felt I had because she's very attractive, and she was believable in the role, and um, you know she had a kind of an attitude that she still has to this day, and um, so. That's how none of this earth came to be. Wow, that's incredible, man. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I'm I'm a, a pretty big fan of this film. I, you know, I enjoy it a lot. And uh, seeing this film as pretty much like her her big break into the movie business, you know, as far as like, you know, uh, it was it was her first it was her it was her first movie. Yeah, it was her first movie. And and she was then asking me about other things. I said. I said, well, my next film is going to be Return of the Swamp Thing, and I'll see if I can get you the lead in that. But the producers did not want her because of her past. Mm-hmm. So I ended up with Heather Locklear, which was a great find anyway. Mm-hmm. But other other people stepped up to the plate, and she started making lots of movies. And got a lot of experience. I think she did TV shows. She was, she was great. I'm just trying to think of other things about that movie that you may not know. Uh, uh, let me see. Well, you're probably too young to remember Angel Tompkins. You remember who she is? Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen any of her movies? I, she was a big, kind of a, a erotic star in the 70s. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm not and, sure. Um, She's in a lot of she's in a lot of movies. She's in Prime Cut. She's in a lot. She's in just a lot of seventies movies. Mm-hmm. And there, when I was filming Big Bad Mama Two, she came to the set and barbecued for me all day. <laughs> and when I when I came to the uh, you know uh, the movie, I I didn't have anything in Now This Earth that would work for her, but. She did come in and do the voice of the Nirvana woman. Oh, okay. Uh, 
girl named Rebecca, a girl, a girl named Rebecca Pearl, um, uh, played the part, but she was voiced by kind of a, the actress uh, known as Angel Tompkins, and uh, she did a good job. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I probably um, never would have known. <laughs> Before we get back in this episode, real quick, I have Addison Benick on the line, and we're going to talk about the Roast Masterpiece Theater campaign that's going on on uh, Kickstarter. Where can we find the Ro- Roast Masterpiece Theater campaign, Addison? Hey, man. Uh, thanks for having me back. We are doing this campaign right now to raise funds through Kickstarter. Uh, for our new spinoff show called Roast Masterpiece Theater. We did Troll Masterpiece in the past, but now we're branching out and we're trying to license movies from companies that don't strictly just come from Troma. Uh, We're going to try to license Cannibals from Blue Underground, and we're trying to get The Killer Eye from Full Moon. Um, And it's a Kickstarter that I'm running right now. It's just the Roast Masterpiece Theater Kickstarter. Uh, theater is spelled with an R-E at the end instead of the typical E-R. Um, and if we don't raise the funds, then we don't, you know, get any money whatsoever from the campaign. So it's kind of an all-or-nothing type deal. But all that money is going straight towards Blue Underground and Full Moon so that we can use their movies. Um, so, I mean, if people are fans of Blue Underground and Full Moon, then a donation to my Kickstarter is money in their pocket. You know, I'm just going to transfer the funds straight to them and I get to use their films. Very cool, man. Yeah. I, I look forward to uh, hoping this project comes to fruition and I, I, uh, contributed myself. So I hope that helps. And, uh, and you know, hopefully this thing will come to life. Yeah. Thanks man. I really appreciate it. I tried to make it um, so that there's a, you know, um, fair so that people, even if, you know, maybe they're, uh, they can't really afford the higher perks, you know, I split the, the, uh, the tiers in half. So, you know, there's, there's two episodes that they can donate to or they can, you know, donate just to one and they can have the episode of their choice and maybe if they like that episode – then you know, maybe later on down the line they could snatch up the other one because there's you know ten dollar digital downloads per episode or you can get them both for twenty or you can get fifteen dollar DVDs uh, for one episode or you can get the bundle pack and get both episodes for thirty um, for even like a dollar you can just get a thank you in the end credits <clears throat> and that special thanks goes on IMDb uh, you can snag a associate producer credit for a hundred dollars that goes on imdb and if you're a big spender you can get the executive producer perk for two hundred dollars and that goes on imdb and all all of it goes in the end credits as well all the cool little thank yous and special thanks and producer perks it's all in the end credits and on imdb um and then we only have one left right now but there's an autographed uh script that can be claimed Um, so, you know, once we're done with our scripts that we use to record all of the jokes, we'll send them out to whoever claims that perk. Um, so there were six available 
but uh, only one is left. So if, if somebody wants that thing, they can get it. Awesome, man. Um, so uh, if, if the listeners right now, if they want to go to your Kickstarter, do they just type in Roast Masterpiece Theater in the Kickstarter uh, search, or is there going to be uh, a certain link to get to there? Um, th- they should be able to find it if they just type in Roast Masterpiece Theater. Um, and like I said, it's theater, T-H-E-A-T-R-E. Um, that might throw people off. But uh, we just kind of wanted to spell it like that because that's like the, the fancy like British spelling, and I think that that's kind of funny. Um, right. So, yeah, if you just go to Kickstarter and type that in, you should be able to find it pretty easily. Um, I also post it all over my Facebook and my Instagram and my Twitter. So it should be easy to locate. I post, you know, the links daily. So they're there. Okay, for sure. And, uh, and then even in the description in this episode, I will put the link in the, in the description. So Thank if you. Uh, the listeners who are listening want to check it out, then the link will be below. Well, thanks for your time, sir. And uh, best of luck, and and, uh, hopefully this, like I said, hopefully this thing comes to fruition. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. Thank you. Um, Because, you know, the more money that we receive, you know, that that goes towards, you know, future episodes, hopefully. Because, you know, I have a short list of films that I like to license from, you know, like more movies to license from Full Moon. And, you know, Charles Band has already approved those films. It's just that... uh, you know, licensing films is expensive, so I just want to do a couple at a time and see where it goes. Because, um, you know, uh, this uh, this is kind of an experiment. I've never had to license a movie from a company before. Troma used to give me movies for free in the past, but, um, you know, we're branching out. We're trying to rebrand and get different movies from different companies. So this is the first step. And, you know, like I said, it's an all-or-nothing campaign. So if we don't get the money... Then we can't do the episodes, and I don't, I don't know what's going to happen to you know, uh, roast masterpiece or tro masterpiece and corny and really, uh, this is kind of it's all dependent on this Kickstarter. Awesome, man. Yeah, we're we're all kind of learning as we're going, and uh, hopefully, hopefully you're going in the uh, the right direction where you need to go. Thank you, man. So I just want to say thank you for your time, sir. Oh, thank you. Um, so I, I love the intro montage of the other Corman sci-fi films. I'm assuming while the credits are rolling, were any of those originally or like original shots or were all of them like archive footage? Here's what happened. I wanted some fancy schmancy opening. Okay. <laughs> I wanted my titles to have kind of a, like a B film look. I want it to look like a B-film. So, I had access to old Corman's films. They were all sitting in a vault on the lot. So I went to each one. I went, to, went through a bunch of them and pulled out my favorite little bits from each film and made my own title sequence. I remember the afternoon I cut it together the other editors were having fun, you know, cutting other movies. And 
I just said, I'm, I'm going to cut me a, uh, a main title sequence to beat the band. And I did. I, th- I think I used stuff from Humanoids, from the Deep, Galaxy of Terror. Um, uh, I, I want the terrors in there. I, I, I can't, I can't remember, I can't recall all the ones I did use, but there was a lot of them. And when they put the titles on them, it kind of, it kind of, and then of course Chuck Serino came in and gave me uh, an incredibly bouncy main title with a theremin background. And I said, oh, this is, this, this sounds like a B movie and it looks like a B movie. So that's, that's why we did the titles that way. Oh, okay. Right on. Yeah. And I, I really dig the score too. It, it really kind of, kind of fits the, the mood of the film. Yeah. And... He did great. Chuck Serino uh, scored a lot of my movies, but he did, he did a, I remember <laughs> I was sitting in his, uh, composing room, uh, just when we started looking at the movie and he started diddling around with a, with a, with some notes. I said, no, 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 that is, this should be da, 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 da. And he took that and just ran with it. Hmm. And, and, uh, it turned out a really good score. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoy it. Um, uh, so yeah, I have a, another question. <clears throat> Was there any plans to make a Not of This Earth sequel or remake? Well, not with me. Okay. Um, I know I there mean, was like I, a. I think I think Roger did remake Not of This Earth again. Yeah, um, there was one in '95. Well, it was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. You know, you and I both have seen it. It's terrible. <laughs> it doesn't hold a, it doesn't hold a candle to mine. Oh no, of course not. And they shouldn't have done it. Right. They did it. It was too soon, and it was badly done. I mean, it was it was like I remember watching it. I I was wincing mm-hmm. and saying, you know, Michael York is not is not you know not, he doesn't get it. No one gets it. And I, I just, I, I kind of just shut up and watched the movie and walked out because mm. I knew, I, I knew I didn't have to worry. I mean, the, ori- the original one from the from back in '57 scared me as a kid. I saw it on television and scared the shit out of me, and because I thought it was creepy, and. So when it came to remaking it, I literally said, let me go find the original script. And it was still sitting there from like 1957. And I got the original script and I said, well, I'm going to keep most of this the way it was. The only thing I changed was I, I took, I turned the, um, the three bums into three hookers. <laughs> and, and um, I, I did a couple. Of, I, did, I did a couple other minor changes, but you know, uh, I pretty much kept it as it was. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, put, I put a lot of my stars, like Kelly Maroney, is a nurse, uh, and 
Who else was in that movie? Then I work with a lot. Lenny Giuliano, of course. Um, I'm trying to think of other. Ace Mask, who I did a lot of movies with. And so I'm, I, I must say it was, it was, a, it was a fun 15 days. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, um, I was very proud of the movie when it was done because it made a lot of money. Right, right. Like so, some of the ladies were like Ava Cadell, Becky Lebeau. Oh, uh, Becky Lebeau. Is Becky Lebeau in that movie? Yes, she's the, the, she, the oh, she's the uh, Happy Birthday Girl. She's the, the Happy Birthday Girl. That was in the original something else. I think it was a uh, it was a guy that came to the door. And I said, "Well, who these all these guys coming to the door? The only one, the only guy I kept was was the was the uh, vacuum cleaner salesman." <laughs> and I actually tried to get Dick Miller to play that role again. Oh my but gosh! He, but he didn't do it. He, he, and and um, but I did get Michael Delano, and he did a, a good job of copying it. And again, Becky is incredible as the birthday girl, and um, the three hookers. It's unfortunate two of them are dead. Oh, it's unbelievable. Really? Oh, my gosh. I didn't know that. Ava Cadell is the only one alive. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the blonde died in a, a tragic auto accident. And the other one, um, Cynthia... Um, Cynthia uh, Thompson. Cynthia Thompson. She also passed away uh, unexpectedly, very young, you know, in a, in a very young age. And um, so... Oh yeah, that's you that's know, sad to hear. I, I go back and watch these movies, and I said, "Oh my God, she's dead, she's dead, he's dead." That kind of thing. It's really awful sometimes. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, it's it's a sad part of life. Yeah, well, you know, I I saw Tracy not more than I don't know six months ago, and she still looks great. Yeah. Um. um yeah, I uh, I got to, um, a chance to meet her. <laughs> a couple of years ago at a, uh, a horror convention in Chicago. And, you know, I thought she looked great. Yeah. She, she's held up really well. You know, she's gotta be, she's gotta be, uh, she's, you know, very fine. Yeah. She's got, she's probably uh, 55 years old. Looks very good for that age. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, uh, I was going to say, uh, Kind of, kind of tied into one of the questions I had. Uh, you know, the, the, mo- the movie is full of beautiful women. Was it hard to to cast all, all of those uh, beautiful it has women? Never been difficult at all for me to cast beautiful women. <laughs> okay, I just I, I, I can do it. I can do it in my sleep. <laughs> if I wasn't talking to you now, I'd be casting some beautiful women. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fair you enough. I need only go to watch one of my movies, and. Uh, you'll see beautiful women. Oh, I just forgot. Oh, I forgot. Monique Gabrielle from Deathstalker 2 is in, and Bachelor Party is in Not of this Earth. Mm-hmm. She was, oh, she and Tracy, I got into a big fight. Oh, wow. I was going out with Monique Gabrielle at the time. Okay. And I put her in, um, not, you know, Death Stalker 2, and I, was, I, was, and I put her in Return of Swamp thing. But 
you know, I didn't want to give her the kind of a bimbo role. So I said, well, why don't you play your, she had this habit of putting on a, I don't know, a potato sack dress and putting on these glasses and walking around with a tennis racket. And I said, do that, do that character. And of course, you know, um, when she, when she worked the day she worked, she had a big fighting trail with, with, um, with Tracy, Tracy, Tracy had words with her. And, and Monique has, was, was a, you know, she's Spanish. So she, she let out. So I had to pull, I had to pull them apart. <laughs> and, you know, she did her scene. I said, please go home. Don't stay here. So yeah, that's, that was, that was fun. Now, I mean, I'm just remembering all the stuff I threw in that movie. And, you know, Monique was one of them, you know, that was a fun character. Yeah, right and, on. um, um, I don't think of anybody else tonight. Well, I, I, uh, I, I noticed that Michelle Bauer played uh, the birthday girl Scream in the film. So Michelle, it, ba- Michelle Bauer? Yeah, that's what it's it's showing on uh, this uh, Letterboxd app. Does she in, which, have, which, in, in which movie? In Not of This Earth. Is in, that true? Not or? mine. Oh, okay, so that's not true then. What, what, what part do they credit her in? Um, well, they, they have her credited as, like, she did the uh, Becky LeBeau scream, apparently. That she might have done. Becky LeBeau couldn't scream. Oh, okay. She's the sweetest girl in the world. I'm still friends with her. She's great. But she could not scream. Mm-hmm. And... and I think I hired Michelle Power to come in and, and do her off-screen or her on-screen screams because mm-hmm. Michelle because Michelle was a was a pro at it. She just did it right. I I gave her a hundred bucks to come in and do a couple of screams, and um, yeah, so that was it. That was that was all of this. At last. There's a lot of oh the girl there's the girl that was from humanoids. I took some footage from humanoids from the deep. Right on. Um, and uh, um, that's it. That's all right. I can remember. All right. I'm sure there's more, but I can't think offhand. Car chase stuff up near uh, the Dodger Stadium, and um, we shot a lot of stuff in Griffith Park. Because I felt, you know, let's make it like a B movie, and and that's what we did. We made it exactly like a B movie, and you know, I tried to copy what Roger had done in the original, except to add some sexy stuff. And then wherever I could, I added sexy stuff. Right. And um, yeah, there's a girl at the beginning of nudity in the car. And um, so it was a it was it was fun. I can't uh, can't say I, you know Kim Dawson is in it. I remember Kim Dawson is is in it somewhere. Mm-hmm. She did a lot of she did a lot of erotics in the in the nineties. 
And just, uh, well, these are all girls that I, I either knew or was going out with at the time. So it was it was a hoot. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I even just watching the movie, this looks like it probably would have been just a lot of fun making. You know, just, oh, yeah. We, well, the crew, the crew and I, were, we were laughing at the storm. <laughs> I mean, just for your... I don't want to make you go watch the movie again, but there's a painting that goes everywhere in the house. I had one painting. That's all I had. The budget. They only brought me one painting. <laughs> So it's so it's in every scene. Oh man, yeah, I don't think I really and, caught that. <laughs> yeah, go in. It's in the kitchen. It's in the basement. And then just for shits and grins, I had Arthur Roberts change his tie during <laughs> scenes sometimes, so that his tie would change from cut to cut. And it's very hard to see because he, it, they, all the ties were red, but. I did have him change his size a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I did notice that. Um, yeah, uh, like not not sort of to change the subject, but sort of back to uh, to Dick Miller. That was that was one yeah. of my notes um, for the. I, I I wrote my notes. Dick Miller would have played a great vacuum salesman in this. Well, he was in the original. Yeah, and you know, it didn't dawn on me that. I was, you know, because I I watched the original. I'm like, well, that kind of looks like Dick Miller, but I wasn't sure if that's who it was. Well, he was younger, younger at the time, and and that role, I always thought was a comedy role. Right. Even when I was a kid, I said that guy's funny. So when I finally got a chance to work with Dick Miller on Chopping Mall, it was a pleasure. Right. Yeah. He's he's an awesome dude. Yeah, I wish I, you know, I'm sorry you passed away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was sad. You know, I, you know, just like, you know, probably everybody he else. He was a great actor. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't go too early, which was good. Right. So, anyway, is there anything else you'd like to know or um, ask? Well, yeah, um, uh, do you think we'll ever see like a Blu-ray, Blu-ray or 4K release of this film? Absolutely coming okay because i relax i know it kind of had like a, a little uh dvd run and then that went out of print but then that was you know that was the last of what we've seen it'll come back it'll come back these things always come back for sure and and uh um it looks great it looks it looks damn good even on the dvd so i'm sure blu-ray will look even better um and uh you know, I have a 35 millimeter print of it, which I occasionally run at parties or screenings, and that's kind of always fun because it looks so good and big on the screen. Oh, right. And uh, and uh, anyway, sir, uh, uh, that's it. I can't can't think of anything else that uh, anybody would like to listen to, other than uh, go watch it if you haven't seen it and. Uh, um, I do appreciate the call. I do appreciate your admiration of the movie. And uh, um, I hope this, this podcast is a, a big success for you. Oh, well, thank, thank you so much, sir. Um, is Marcus, it, my pleasure. Awesome, awesome. Uh, 
Is is there anything else like uh, that you would like to to plug in here as far as like any upcoming nope. projects? Nope. Okay. No, I'm doing a I'm doing a couple projects, but you know they're they're always so embryonic, and you don't want to give a title away. And so at this point, I'll just say I've got stuff coming up. Okay. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna have beautiful girls. So <laughs> that's always that a plus. Right now. <laughs> what? I said that's always a plus. Uh, it is always a plus. So um, anyway, um, good luck with this podcast and the ones in the future. And uh, if if you ever decide to discuss another movie, um, I'm at your disposal. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. All right, Marcus. Have a good afternoon. All right. Bye. You too. Bye. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Uh, I had a lot of fun talking to Jim. And, uh, you know, I keep saying again and again, thank you so much. But, no, I, I really uh, appreciate you coming on the show, Jim. And uh, hopefully I can have you back on and we can talk about Chopping Mall and uh, Ghoulies 4 and, you know, just whatever else that you want to talk about or, you know, you know, I, I – <laughs> I would just be happy just to have you back on and just talk about any of your films. I don't care which one. But, uh, yeah, uh, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. And uh, a few things before I take off. I just wanted to thank Evil Dead for letting me use some of his beats on my episodes uh, from the past, last episode, I should say, to until further on. I'm going to start using beats from uh, from Evil Dead. And uh, you can find him on YouTube in the link below. I'll leave the link. and uh, Or you can go to his band camp. Just type in Evil Dead under artist Evil Dead. And uh, check out both of his albums, Beats from the Crypt, um, Part 1 and Part 2. They got some really cool uh, renditions of, uh, of uh, horror themes and... Uh, I dig them. Hope you guys dig them. Go buy his albums on Bandcamp if you haven't already. And uh want to thank Wake Brewing for being a sponsor. They are a brewing company in Rock Island, Illinois. And they're the go-to brewery of the Quad Cities, especially if you're a metal and a horror film fan. They're always... Uh, um, doing like uh, metal-themed beers and... Uh, Whenever this COVID crap starts, I should say ending, not starts. Uh, <laughs> whenever this shit ends, uh, they usually host a horror trivia night every, uh, or I shouldn't say every Thursday, but every every month, it's the third Thursday of every month. There we go. So, uh, you know, let's let's hope this COVID shit ends sooner so we can get back to, to having the fun that we used to have. Um. You can go to wakebrewing.com and check out their beer selection or find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Wake Brewing. And uh, they are serving beer. You don't have to necessarily pre-order cans to go anymore, um, but you will have to drink them outside on the patio unless uh, they've changed it to where uh, you can have maybe, you know, maybe there's some... uh, the number has probably got to be really limited as far as sitting inside, but uh, the weather's been pretty decent out here. So, um, 
why not have some beers on the patio? Um, I want to thank Death Stitch Custom Clothing. They offer a 100% handcrafted, hand-picked, and painstakingly matched upcycled t-shirt flannels, bags, and as well as other handmade surprises, including horror-related face masks. So message them on Facebook or Instagram or email them at deathstitchcc at gmail.com for more info. You can find them on Instagram at Death Stitch Custom Clothing. Also want to mention Midwest Monster Fest. They're a horror pop culture convention happening September 5th and 6th at the Rust Belt in East Moline, Illinois. So get your tickets now. Um, and there's also going to be some VIP passes that uh, you will not want to miss out on. It's It comes with uh, a bunch of stuff, including a... Uh, a uh, VIP exclusive stand-up comedy routine with horror actor Mark Price. And Mark Price has been in the f- the 80s film Trick or Treat with uh, Ozzy and uh, Gene Simmons. So that's going to be pretty cool. And there's there's going to be so much more with that. So order your tickets at MidwestMonsterFest.com. They're going to have, man, it's, it's <laughs> tons of stuff a horror-themed cosplay contest with prizes, an effects challenge with prizes, horror-themed pin-up contest and movies going both days, 70-plus booths in, with celebrities and vendors. Um, so, uh, I'll give you a full list as far as who the guests are lined up so far. A lot of these guests I've mentioned in previous episodes, but I'm just going to give you the full list. So you have a, a better idea of who is supposed to be there at Midwest Monster Fest. So we got C.J. Graham, who played Jason in Friday the 13th Part 6. Tom Matthews, who's played in Return of the Living Dead, Return of the Living Dead Part 2, Friday the 13th Part 6. And Linnea Quigley, who's played in Return of the Living Dead, Silent Night, Bloody Night. Or Silent Night, Deli Night, my bad. Um... Night of the Demons, so so many more. And then, like I said, Mark Price from Trick or Treat is going to be there. Um, Nathan Basil from Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. J.J. Cohen from 976 Evil. And then we got Tamara Glenn from Halloween 5 and an episode of Freddy's Nightmares. And um, the upcoming... Terrifier 2. And then we got two of the two of the guys from the the newer movie Haunt that's that's now on Shudder. You can go check out if you haven't already. But we got Cheney Morrow, who I forgot who he plays, but he plays one of the one of the bad guys. I, I can't really remember exactly which one. But then we then we got uh Justin Markson who played the clown in Haunt. So, very cool, guys. Uh, Two more uh, announcees, I guess I would say. Uh, Rob Mello, who played in Happy Death Day and the sequel to Happy Death Day. And then the newest announcee is Richie Ramone, who played drums for the Ramones. So, the list is looking pretty stacked so far, guys. Uh, I'm sure it's not complete yeah i'm sure there's gonna be more guest announcements 
So stay tuned and check them out on social media, Facebook, Instagram. I'm not sure if they have Twitter, if it, but if they do, I'm sure it's going to be at Midwest Monster Fest. And you can also find us at Rude Horror Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and on Twitter, Rude Horror Pod. Or you can email me at rudehorror at gmail.com. Send me, uh, you know, episode ideas. Is there a specific movie you'd like me to talk about? Um, who, who would you like to see me interview on here? Um, anything, man. You know, it doesn't even have to be just about a, a specific movie. If there's like, you know, like one of these days I'm going to, I'm going to do, uh, um, Uh, sorry for the pause. Uh, like remakes, uh, which one, like the remakes that are as good or if not better than the original, that one's going to be a really hard one. I feel like there's so many remakes that I haven't seen. So that's why I haven't tackled that episode yet, but yeah, that one's going to be in the works. I might do some more like, uh, horror soundtracks, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, someone mentioned maybe talk about the Puppet Master movie. I might do an episode on Puppet Master, the first one, not the not the remake, but the original one, I should say. Um, yeah, stuff like that. I mean, that's that's kind of what I got in the in the uh, brainstorming ideas right now. But uh, yeah. So great stuff, guys. Um, yeah, this <laughs> this this is a lot of fun, guys. So um, my mind's blown. Um, not really sure what the the next episode. I'm I'm most likely leaning towards the crazies. George Romero's the crazies, and uh, and yeah, who knows? Maybe I'll just I'll have a, a guest lined up and. It might be ready to go. So who knows? Maybe my, my next episode will be featuring a guest. Who knows? So hope you guys dig the episode. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy this track from Evil Beats. Peace out.
If you like this content and would like to hear future episodes, please follow or subscribe. If you dare. <laughs>